Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to K9360 on this glorious Wednesday as the weather continues to turn from summer to fall. I'm Jill, and this is K9360, as I just said, and um, we're glad you're here. Uh, quick shout out to those who came out to the Husker Valley dog show cluster this past weekend. It was fun to see you, those who came up and said hello. Um, I saw lots of people I hadn't seen in a while. I hope you enjoyed the dog show weekend as much as the rest of us did. Um, I can't imagine spending my weekend any other way. So, uh, glad you were able to come out at least for part of it. You know, I got to talking to someone, oh, a couple of my university students uh, came out to watch and one of them asked me how I had gotten started showing dogs and I made reference to some early mentors, uh, but also talked a little bit about being vastly influenced by a couple of things that I was reading right? Like so many of us, um, you find a hobby or a preoccupation and it starts in the library. And, uh, I made mention of a book called Champion Dog Prince Tom by Jean Clute. And it was on the shelf right at my eye level in the Longfellow Elementary School Library in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, I pulled it off the shelf, checked it out, took it home, and read it. And the book is the story of the very first American Kennel Club champion, field champion, Cocker Spaniel, American Cocker Spaniel, surprisingly enough, who also went on to earn a utility dog title uh, and the obedience ring. And that was really the first I had ever heard about training as a competitive sport and I was completely intrigued by the idea that you could train your dog and compete with that dog in an organized way and not long after that persuaded my parents because we did things like this back then to drive me out to local dog shows like I said I was all of third or fourth grade and dropped me off at 7.30 in the morning where I'd spend the entire day by myself wandering around with a catalog looking at dogs and memorizing breeds and and uh, studying up, I guess. Um, and they would come pick me up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and I still hadn't had enough. And all these years later, it might still be true that I hadn't had enough. Anyway, uh, thinking about all of that and mentioning to the students that I was speaking with that my first serious competition dogs were rough collies. Um, got me thinking about those influences as well. And and uh, some of you maybe also know about another set of books. Um, and if you don't know about these books, these are the ones I'm going to share with you. Uh, information, uh, some information about, uh, as I said, I grew up loving these dogs 
and I would read any story about dogs that I could get my hand on. So there was lots of stuff on the shelf in the elementary school library. Um, I'm sure I was still in elementary school, fourth, maybe fifth grade, when I came across the stories from Albert Payson Terhune. Uh, he was a collie breeder and an author who lived in an, a place I couldn't imagine, seemed far away from my home on the prairie in, in South Dakota. He lived somewhere magically called Sunnybank. In any event, um, I still have my original copy of a favorite Terhune book from all those years ago. And I made do with a series of families, our families, Shetland Sheepdogs, while I was waiting for my chance to get that first rough collie. Uh, and I did, right after graduating from college, get that first rough collie of my own. But one of the things that happens uh, as I was doing some research to share this information with you today is every year there's a gathering in memory of Albert Payson Terhune, a gathering at Sunnybank. So more on that in a second. Terhune began writing in 1892 with the publication of two of his poems in Lippincott's Magazine and Harper's Bazaar. He became, from there, a well-known and popular pulp fiction writer. Um, and after visiting Terhune's home, which I mentioned before is a beautiful New Jersey estate called Sunnybank, uh, Terhune's editor, a fellow named Ray Long, suggested he write stories about Lad, his collie dog, right? When I was a kid, my favorite book was Lad, a Dog. And Lad lived at Sunnybank with his master and his mistress on this sprawling New Jersey estate. I remember as a kid trying to imagine what New Jersey looked like, <laughs> right, from, from reading uh, Terhune's books. In any event, Lad, uh, as the character, exemplified so many qualities to look for in a good dog. He was, of course, loyal, obedient, brave, kind, and gentle. And the Lad series was first introduced to readers in 1916 in Red Book Magazine. I don't even know if they publish Red Book anymore. Readers began to learn of Terhune's collies, Lad, Bruce, Grey Dawn, and Wolf. And Terhune wrote of the place, as in his place, but euphemistically or, or sort of called the place, which we came to know as Sunnybank. And the place was as much a character in the book as the dogs were. I, um, the place is indescribable and was for me as a child kind of unimaginable. But here's a little excerpt from the book of Sunnybank. Um... A magazine writer sought to describe it after a visit. Quote, There were woods running down from the road, just woods, not a dinky park, and a drive wound down through them a furlong or so to a gray old stucco house with a dark woodwork and with wisteria all over it and a comfy green barn set back in the trees. There was a glorious big collie asleep on the steps and there were glowing flowers in the tubs and boxes on the gray veranda. 
and flowers and vines everywhere and stretches of shade-dappled grass. Then from the house, a great lawn sloped down to the lake, about another 150 yards. There were huge old oaks on the lawn, too, and evergreen trees, and there was a rustic boathouse in the cove to one side. The lawn was on a kind of point that ran out into the lake, and all around the lake were soft green hills with bluish mountains beyond. They circled the place as if they loved it, as if they were guarding it from harm. It, it, I w- worked hard to try to imagine what that looked like. Right? Not like um, the wide open spaces of semi-rural South Dakota. Anyway, all right. Terhune wrote more than 30 books about collies and the place. And Terhune made readers understand the very heart of the collie and drew readers into his world through his fiction. Or sort of, not fiction, creative nonfiction. I bet that's how we characterize it today. Ladd was born in 1902, but he didn't come to Sunnybank until years later as a mature dog. He started his first litter in 1913, though his pedigree has been lost, so the litter was left unregistered. In 1916, Terhune delved into showing dogs with the purchase of Sunnybank Goldsmith, whose call name was Bruce. Bruce introduced Terhune to the sport of purebred dogs, and their success at the show inspired Terhune to create personal theories of excellence. Terhune was hooked and eventually held a position as vice president of the Collie Club of America. He went on to judge Collies in the show ring, and he was elected to the board of the American Kennel Club in 1922. He also revitalized the American Kennel Club's publication, which is known as the Gazette, by purchasing ads and writing articles and short stories for free. Terhune also continued on his successful breeding program, and his Sunnybank line lives on to this day uh, through collie families, which are spread kind of all around the United States. No other breed that I'm aware of, maybe the monks of Newskeet with their German shepherds, but no other breed that I'm aware of has an equivalent of the place or what we readers of uh, Terhune call Sunnybank. And that is what the folks who go to the gathering at Sunnybank say makes it so new, so unique. It's a storied and celebrated location immortalized in the pages of Terhune's books, the magazine stories, even some newspaper columns. And there are graves and memorials for the dogs whose stories were chronicled in his works. Lad, Bruce, Jean, Wolf, Grey Dawn, who I've already mentioned, but also Lady, Trav, Bobby, Sandy, Fair Ellen, Explorer, and Sigurdsson. And the house that Terhune lived in was torn down in 1969, but thanks to the efforts led by a charter member of the Collie Club of Northern New Jersey, an avid Terhune fan named Claire Leishman, Visitors can visit the woods and meadows that are described so beautifully in Terhune's writings. <coughs> Excuse me. Claire uh, helped to form the Sunnybank Terhune Memorial Fund and save the area. Her efforts were achieved when Sunnybank became a historical site in 1969. So today, 
visitors can enjoy nine acres of the property that remain open to the public. And we, we can, if you go there, <coughs> oof, I have a dry patch, sorry. Immerse ourselves in the magic of the place that had so vividly captured so many of us through Terhune's words on paper. The gathering itself started as an event by Alexander Fraser Draper, who bred collies under the Sinsan kennel name. And since 1997, the gathering has been held at Sunnybank by the Collie Hill Foundation. It's a two-day event that has a focus on education and competition, culminating in a virtues match. The first day is dedicated to the memory of Albert and Annis, their Anise, the master and mistress of Sunnybank. Attendees at the gathering are thrilled by the sights during walking hours and walking tours of Sunnybank, and speakers who have dedicated their life to Sunnybank or have firsthand knowledge of the place bring back to life the magic of those golden days. I guess there's a fantastic dinner that ends the first day. And on the second day, the second day of the gathering kicks off with a memorial of dogs who have passed away or a rescue parade, depending on what year they're gathering, and a, just a big celebration of collies. The virtue match focuses on classes of general appearance, an outline, the shape of the skull, the muzzle expression, the rear and rear movement, front and side gait. So kind of an insight, a workshop, if you will, into uh, the finer points of assessing and evaluating and judging collies, rough and smooth. The match has three judges and a moderator. And the culminating event is the Lad of Sunnybank Memorial Match, judged by two different judges. As I mentioned a minute ago, dogs of both coat varieties, colors, and all ages compete at these events. So um, rough collies, the big hairy ones that we're used to seeing, sort of the lassie collie. And if you didn't know, collies also come in a smooth variety, a short, uh, stiffer, slightly stiffer coat. And the acceptable colors for collies are sable, range of kind of brown, um, usually with a white ruff and a blaze on the face. Um, sable collies, tricolor collies, who are black and tan with uh, white trim. Blue Merle Collies, who, um, how do you describe Blue Merle? Merling is, uh, if you've ever seen an Australian cattle dog, right? Or some Aussies have a Blue Merling, kind of a roan, I guess, like we'd see on a horse. Um, and then Collies can also come in white. So a white Collie will not be all white. They will usually have some brown trim maybe a bit around their neck um, but they're predominantly white so collies come in those four colors and as I said a minute ago they can be either rough coated or smooth coated okay so despite being involved in dog shows um, and mentoring back then under some of the finest people in collies um, I have never attended the gathering at Sunnybank. I should. I should go out there just for nostalgia and sentimental, sentimentality sake. 
uh, this this past year was dedicated to the memory of Claire Leishman. And uh, people gathered from far and wide to attend the Virtues Match and experience the gathering and celebrate all things Kali with attend you know with each other with attendees who traveled from across the country to attend um, Sunday morning of the long weekend started with a beautiful sunrise over the famous Fire Blue Lake that we read about. There were people fishing that morning and uh, I was looking at pictures that said there were locals who enjoy the park as much as the Kali folks. So that was kind of cool to see. I can't show you the pictures here, of course, but uh, you can hop online and see what it all looked like. There was a memorial ceremony to start the morning and uh, a little bit of video of a of bagpipe music that honored 180 Kali's that had passed away in the previous year. Um, the Virtue Match started after the memorial and uh, all kinds of dogs competing from adult dogs to puppies. And pretty cool. Um, and Collies are sort of famous for or infamous for being what people who don't like Collies or are derogatory about them call a head breed as if there's nothing past that head, which of course there is. But skull and expression are super important. And uh, that, of course, is a feature of the assessment evaluation. Prior to every class, the corresponding section of the standard, the breed standard, is read aloud. And then dogs are evaluated against that standard, which is what happens in dog shows. The dogs are not evaluated against each other. So it can, it can be kind of amazing to hear the standard read like that. I've had it happen to me in other venues. And then you look at your own dog and try to um, envision how your dog and their attributes best embody the description of the ideal version of that dog, which is what a breed standard is. And if you're honest, you can hear some of the standard read and maybe get a sense of where your dog isn't so strong uh, in terms of how they best embody the standard. All real life dogs have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, that ideal version. Mm. They're out there in by degrees, I guess, right? So it can be pretty inspiring uh, to see how everything in your dog is embodied or referenced in that standard, but uh, everything in the virtues match ties back to the breed standard. So if you were wondering how do they, how do they decide or assess a dog's virtues, that's uh, how best they fit the breed standard. Um, it can be really fun to have your dog win you know, win a category like appearance and outline or skull and expression. And it's really also fun to see and be there with a group of peers who are devoted to the breed just as much as you are. Um, that's, it's pretty fun. It, uh, (laughs) 
it's just it, it's so if if you've not had that experience, gone to a national specialty or been uh, with people who also believe in the breed that you believe in that you support, it's pretty amazing. Um, I was able to watch some of the judging uh, via a Facebook live feed that was still on the on the page, and uh, I don't know. I've never been on the field during a football game, but. If football is your thing, maybe that's what this is like, right? I can say that here. That might be a connection that people can make. Yeah, now you get it, right? Because there's so much camaraderie and excitement among friends, especially if they come far and wide for a gathering like this. It's an educational experience for ringside, for exhibitors, and for judges. And if you've got a promising young dog or a puppy, it's a must-go-to kind of event, right? These breed-specific gatherings. Um, it can be inspiring to see what other people bring as they bring their own exciting puppies or show prospects. People you look up to as mentors or icons in the breed are often at a gathering. It certainly appeared from my internet research that there were a lot of very high profile collie folks at the gathering on the place also known as Sunnybank right and uh, everybody comes together at the gathering trying to gain the same experience that you are and uh, maybe if you're lucky you can feel just a little bit of that Sunnybank magic right it's pretty amazing so check out champion dog Prince Tom if you haven't read it go check out um, the Albert Payson Terhune Collies of Sunnybank start with Lad Lad a dog um, let's see if you don't find some inspiration there you, got, you can't be a dog person if you haven't read this stuff right you can't claim that oh I had okay before we're done today quick story um, I met someone at a social gathering a couple of weeks ago who gave me a brief overview of her dog ownership profile and then said to me later, I guess I'm just a dog person. And I have been wondering about what she really meant by that or what people have in mind when they say that ever since she said it. Because uh, another recent recitation of the phrase happened when my brother's now ex-girlfriend was visiting my folks in, in Sioux Falls and I was downstairs at their house with my dogs and she came down and startled a couple of them and they were barking which was pretty easy for me to shut off but not before she stood at the bottom of the stairs and waved her hands up and down up and down up and down like little flapping hands and she was all tense and she was shouting at them, it's okay, it's okay, I'm a dog person, I'm a dog person. And <laughs> I didn't say this to my brother, of course. Maybe I can now that they're not together anymore. But it did occur to me that if you have to tell the dogs that you're a dog person, that's probably the clearest indication that you are not. <laughs> because I think in that setting, a dog person, as I would define it, 
would have known that the way to resolve or settle down barking dogs was simply to ignore them and to keep your voice and your body quiet so as not to give them any more to bark at or to bark about, right? But I don't have to explain that to you guys. You know, yeah. And it just made me laugh. So I might, there might be a program coming um, in the future about what does it really mean to be a dog person. We can play with some definitions and see what we come up with, right? But I am, I remain certain that if you have to tell the dogs that you are a dog person, you probably are not one. Yikes. All right. That is it for us today. Thanks so much for being here, for listening, for hanging out, for uh, loving dogs as much as we all do, right? And programs about them and books about them and opportunities to see them and gather with other people who share our uh, enthusiasms and our passions and our preoccupations. And that's kind of the space we try to create here on K9 360 every Wednesday afternoon. Um, I'm glad you're here. And don't go anywhere. The celebration is coming up. That's up next here on KZUM and KZUM HD, the coolest radio station in the world. And one more thanks, since I've got another 30 seconds, one more thanks to uh, everybody who came out to uh, experience the sights and the sounds of the uh, doggy event that took place here in Lincoln last weekend at the event center, Lancaster Event Center. Um, it'll all happen again in November and uh, I will be sure to bring you information about plans and programs and judging and opportunities so that you can once again go spend part of your day or all of your day um, watching dogs and the people who love them the dog people yes that might be the occasion to talk about the dog people all right Thanks, guys. Take a have a good week. See you here next week.